Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 145, State of the Parks. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. What's up, everybody? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we're back after a short hiatus. Yeah, we had, had a weird... Had, had some technical issues, right? Yeah, we had a weird week. So we we recorded episode 145 already, and obviously it was going to release this last Tuesday, but we had some issues with, with uploads and getting all the audio correctly inputted. And so you will hear me talk about future time, because we had to record the episode prior to me going to Disney. So don't be confused. I'm not going back to Disney, or I'm not at Disney. Right now, we are uh, we're obviously recording episode 145 again. We're doing a different topic, so episode 146 is was pre-recorded. It'll be the topic we initially planned, and we're going to talk a little bit about state of the parks. And over on our Patreon, I, I've done a full trip recap from the uh, week at Disney, but this is now present Tom talking about the, the present state of the parks. No more future Tom talk, uh, like you'll hear in that episode. <laughs> Yeah, we've we've had we've had some requests to talk about what we you know our opinion on some of the recent news that's come out of the Disney parks, some of the layoffs, you know, some of the things that have closed, that sort of thing. So we're really going to cover that tonight. Uh, we're going to incorporate a lot of the. We've been skipping the news for the last couple of weeks, so we're going to incorporate a lot of the news that's come out because let's face it, all the news has been more people are getting laid off. This is getting closed. This isn't reopening. This is limited hours. Like, there's been really no news other than that. So we're going to cover a lot of that in the episode tonight. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about Tom's trip. Although, like Tom said, if you want to hear the full recap of his trip, uh, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash WDW, and uh, you can get the full trip recap there. But uh, but we're going to really, like you said, we're going to talk about the state of the parks. We're going to talk about uh, how things are right now and... You know, I think at the end, we're going to offer our opinion. You know, this is an ever-evolving opinion, right? Is it worth it to go right now? I think if you ask me that question at three different points in the last two months, I would give you a different answer every single time. Yeah, and I and I want to, you know, we're going to talk about that because I don't know if my answer is like, changed drastically from September, but it's different. And and we got into that on the Patreon. We're going to get into it tonight. Uh, I do want to mention some of this episode, the idea behind this did come from Jimmy uh, over on Twitter. Jimmy shot us a note. He wanted us to talk about some of the things within the state of the parks, whether that be layoffs. So we are going to address that. Um, and Pete, if we have a minute before we start, before we get to our sponsor, before we start the episode, I wanted to mention, we talked extensively on a podcast about the theming for... Was it Rainforest Cafe being a volcano? All right. I don't want to make you feel like an idiot, but I already feel like an idiot. We had a listener, Larry, reached out to us and said, FYI, there are volcanoes in the Amazon rainforest. So Okay, but I think that's I think that's still a cop-out answer. I, like, I agree, Larry. I, all I said back was I really feel like an idiot now. I didn't know that. I mean, maybe you I knew that. I, I, I mean, I guess like – yeah, there's there's volcanoes, but there's also I mean, what else is in the rainforest? Like 
don't know. That feels that it feels like it feels like they were looking for a cool theme and they were like, "Oh, we'll be a volcano. That'll be awesome." And and, and I don't know. It just feels like a cop out. I'm not going to shoot the messenger because Larry obviously gave us the reason why. But I understand where you think Disney could have done better on the theming. Regardless, um, I did want to address that point. I'm going through. Uh, I talked to a lot of you guys over Twitter while we were in Disney, and uh, you know, appreciate appreciate all the message. I'm going through just to make sure we've got we've got everything covered as far as questions are concerned. I'm checking the email as well. But those were two things that jumped out at me. I wanted to thank Jimmy and I wanted to give Larry a shout out and also thank him for educating for educating me. And also, I will say that you should feel like an ass with with the criticism that you laid on to the Rainforest Cafe because I love the Rainforest Cafe personally. Well, I do. I feel worse about it because now I've had. I mean, it's like multiple people have come to us via the messages to explain, "Hey, the food's not great, but it's worth taking a kid." Like you, you missed the boat, Tom. So, and and T Rex is the same way. Which you, I feel like you talked. A lot of smack about I talked T-Rex down Cafe about too. T-Rex too. I was wrong, and, yeah. and I'm I'm man enough to come back to the podcast and admit it when I was wrong. <laughs> so, so we'll 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 get into this a little bit more here uh, in a minute. Again, we're not going to talk we're not going to talk news today. We're going to skip right to the main topic. But before we do that, let's uh, pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, Tom. Let's talk the state of the parks. And, and I mean, we've both been there within the past month. Well, a little longer than a month. You more recently than me. What, what are the parks like now? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're going to start. I, I want to talk kind of crowd levels. Um, we did have a few bullet points to put together. But crowd levels, layoffs, park experience, annual pass stuff. We got a lot, a lot of topics we're going to cover. We'll start with, with what Pete said. What are the parks like? I mean, it's still weird. You don't have a nighttime show you're looking forward to. You don't have parades you're necessarily looking forward to. It, and the parks close early. Er, and early. they open late. And so it's... Right? And, and, and that sucks. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's... It's just odd when you go to Epcot and you're like, yeah, we can sleep in till night. I, I don't sleep in at Disney, but if I did, that's that's what, what you would do. I mean, Hollywood Studios opening at 10 o'clock. The thing, that, the thing that I want people to be aware of is while the crowd levels are lower and while the parks do open late, people are so amped to go to Disney. They, it may list a 10 a.m. opening. Hollywood Studios is clearly open before 10. 
I was I was in a 70 minute wait when I walked in the park at 9:41. So they clearly opened the gates that day at probably 9:15. Yeah, it, it's it's tough at Epcot because Epcot particularly, you know, you've you've got Future World and you've got World Showcase, right? I mean, we traditionally have done Future World first thing in the morning, you know, 9 to 11, 9 to 11:30. You know, really knocked everything out there in the first two two and a half hours. And then spent the rest of the day in World Showcase and, you know, flitted back over to uh, to Future World as time allowed. That that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, Epcot opens, the whole park opens. And and so it's it, – the, the park hours are tough to deal with. Magic Kingdom still opens relatively early. Ep, or Animal Kingdom still opens relatively early. But, but, you know, what I would argue are the two most popular parks right now, which, which is a change – Right, because Magic Kingdom has traditionally been the most popular park at Disney World. They're not opening super early. I mean, Epcot's not open until eleven o'clock. Hollywood Studios isn't opening until ten o'clock. I mean, Hollywood Studios is the most popular park at Walt Disney World right now. Correct? Yeah, and I and I want to point this out too. As you look at your Disney vacation, you're talking about parks that were open what, twelve hours? Yeah. Prior, prior to this, yes. Maybe maybe even longer. I mean, you had days where in the- I mean, Magic Kingdom, 9, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., so 13 yeah, hours. You Magic Kingdom at times from extra magic hours, and it would stay open until 1 a.m. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's going back a few years. I just wanted to give people that understanding that it's a different landscape as far as park time, and going open to close isn't that difficult right now, because- you there's no fast pass, so you're gonna wait in a couple lines and and then you've spent an hour and the park's open eight hours, so there's an eighth of your time. Yeah. yeah. Uh you, you go Epcot, for example, is eleven eleven to seven, eleven to eight. You wait for uh test track for an hour, you wait for someone for an hour, and now you're like, crap, I don't have enough time to even get into the Mexico pavilion in some cases. You you wait you wait for the Mexico pavilion for an hour and, and yeah, there's half your day gone. So it, it is a very different experience. Crowd levels. Let's let's talk a little bit about crowd levels. We hit this on the Patreon, but I want to I want to reemphasize this now. The I feel like the weekends are by far going to be the busiest time at the parks right now, right? I mean, let's let's face it. There's not a ton of people coming in from out of town. There are some. Don't get me wrong, and and. You know, look, I, I rode Magical Express in with several families when, when we were down there in September. But I would say the bulk of the people that are going to the parks right now are annual pass holders from Florida, from the Orlando area, or not too far outside the Orlando area. So, I mean, your crowded days are going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday less so, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday for sure. If you're looking for, for not crowded parks... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are are the days that you want to go to the parks. Yeah, and I'll put it like this. We talked about this on the Patreon, but I went to the parks on a Saturday, Sunday, and then obviously the parks Monday through Thursday. Did not go into park Friday. Night and day difference, right? We talked about Epcot as being miserable, and it was miserable that Saturday. And I talked to, we talked to cast members. We've now gone a couple times. Uh, I've gone three times since reopening, and it's been different every time. But 
I don't really think it matters what park you go to on the weekend, especially don't go to Epcot. But if you can if you can afford it to take a couple of days off work or to find some time to go into the parks during the week, much better from a crowd level standpoint. And this is this is critical to understand. Disney has said they're at what Pete is it twenty five percent capacity, twenty percent? Twenty five percent capacity. Yes. I truthfully believe that number. But what you see is maybe Magic Kingdom's at 15% in the park on a weekday versus the max of 25%. On the weekends, it, it feels like it's maxed out. You can go look at park reservations and you can tell, okay, it's pretty. It's going to be pretty crowded today. You can look at the parking lots and understand it's going to be pretty crowded today. And, and let's, let's talk about that for a minute too because 25% capacity does not seem like a whole lot of people, right? But you've also got to understand that the stores have limited capacity. There's no fast pass. There, so there are fewer people waiting in lines. There are essentially no shows. So you have a lot of people that are that are not in those shows. They're not in the show queues. So the crowds just seem – it seems like a significantly larger percentage than 25% capacity. Well, I think you got to look at it like this. So there's the social distancing aspect. Any indoor facility has a capacity on it. And so you see these massive lines. And then you've had so many layoffs at Disney from like the, the entertainment that's been cut. I don't know how many people could sit in the Lion, the Lion King Theater, the Festival of Lion King or Finding Nemo. I have no idea what the full capacity is or what the post-COVID capacity would have been. But you don't have those shows anymore because you've had these massive layoffs. And that would But not people. only that. Not only that, I mean, you look at how many people can sit in in the theater for Festival of the Lion King, but you also look at Festival of the Lion King always had a 60-minute wait or a 65 or 75 or an 85-minute wait, right? So people are waiting for, for two shows in some cases. How many people are waiting? You know, you've essentially got three theaters worth of people waiting in that line. That's not happening anymore. Look at Epcot. I mean... If, if half the stores and half the shops in a pavilion are closed, all those people are just out on the street, essentially walking around. Or or they're going to the, the booths or the stores that are open. And so your lines... Look, this was my major problem with Epcot, was that everything had a wait. And not a short wait, you know, a 15, 20, 30 minute wait. So with with half the things open, twenty five percent capacity is that much. And and let's look. Let's let's take a minute here to address the layoffs. I am very disappointed to learn that everybody from Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor was laid off. Everybody from Festival of Lion King was laid off. Everybody from Beauty and the Beast was laid off. That to me says these things are not coming back anytime soon. So, you know, the the parks are going to – look, I, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. Disney has now become like a Six Flags level park to me. But they're damn sure not charging Six Flags level pricing. They're still charging Disney level pricing. And, and I want to make a point, and this is not a you – know, we, have, we have listeners who I know have worked. In, in Six Flags and various parks. This is not a slap in the face at those parks. Those are great parks, but they charge the fair price to get into them. But you're paying $40, $50 a day to get in there. You're not paying $110 a day to get into those parks. 
these people are, are conceding the fact that, hey, Six, Six Flags is not Disney, but they worked just as hard as cast members to try and make it a great experience. They used the tools they had, and they were a fairly priced theme park. Disney now is basically telling your, the consumer, us, hey, full price to get in. There are some hotel discounts for sure, but there's going to be no fast pass. There's going to be no entertainment. There's going to be none of these shows. And I'm one, I'm one person who loves Festival Lion King, uh, Nemo, and Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Sometimes I'll go to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor twice in a day. And to to lay those folks off, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how Disney's finances work internally. But I mean, could you have taken a, a big pay cut at the top, the top executives, and kept that entertainment there? Because Disney's brand and product is is getting a hit right now. And and that is a big problem for me. Is that the executive pay has not taken a cut. In fact, they just reinstated executive pay, and yet they're laying all these folks off. And look, I understand that Disney cannot afford to indefinitely pay employees that are not working. I'm not arguing that fact. But, but to why aren't they working? Reinst- Pete? I mean, well, I, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not, I mean, you don't have to pay somebody for not working. Look, I went to t- I went to uh, the uh, Tiki Room, and we've seen Carousel Progress a little different, obviously, because they're not you know, entertainers working in there, but I've been to various theaters, Muppet Vision. They figured out, who did Bugs Life, they figured out how to space people in these theaters. Why aren't they working in Monsters, Inc.? I don't I don't know. Why is Festival of the Lion King not operating? Why is, and I'll tell you why. It's because Disney's done a cost analysis and it is not worth it for them to pay as many entertainers as they need to run these attractions. And, and that's crappy. That's really crappy. Because the parks are a shell of themselves right now. And I mean, that's really unfortunate, but that's the fact. The parks are a shell of themselves. When you go to a Disney park, and as much as you spend to go to a Disney park, you expect a Disney experience, right? Are you getting that Disney experience right now? No, and it's the reason we're going to address the question in length at the bottom or at the end of this, this episode, but... When I went in September, as much not September in August rather, as much fun as my wife and I had, and the lack of weights we had, I said, "Hey, it's great if you've been to Disney, you know what Disney's about." But I don't recommend going if it's your first time at Disney because it is not even seventy percent of what you would normally receive. And then we went in. We went in September, and it was maybe a little worse from an experience standpoint. And I and we'll talk about October when we get to the end here, but. You're not for what you're paying. It's just not worth it. Well, let let's look at that. I mean, Epcot. Epcot is open at eleven o'clock. Well, when we went in September, Epcot was open from eleven a.m. to seven p.m. So Epcot was open for eight hours, right? So let's say it's a hundred and ten dollars for a ticket to get in Epcot. That means you're paying $14 an hour to be in Epcot. You know what I did the majority of time that we were in Epcot? I waited in line. That's that's tough. That's really tough. So the the park experience is just it's not it's not what it was. And part of that goes to Fast Pass not being around, but part of it goes to you know, going back to these layoffs and 
you know, Disney has obviously made the decision that it is not worth it for them to keep everything open for the capacity that they're at right now. So they're saying if we're going to operate at 25% capacity with guests, we're only going to operate half of the shops and half of the stores and half of the booths and half of the shows that we normally have operating. And it, it has a huge impact on the park experience. It's, I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it because as much as I've been to Disney, I'm almost, I, I had such high expectations in one trip in August, right? And then I, those expectations, expectations even got higher for September and now they're, then I had low expectations for October. So I, I can't judge it well because of how much I go, but it's, it's just sad to see that Disney takes away all these things and still requires the consumer to pay the full price. But you know what? Yeah. When you're Disney, I guess you can be that arrogant and do it. Yeah, well, obviously you can. And and that gets to my next point, to, to the annual passes. They don't want annual so pass holders I, anymore. I, I truthfully believe this. So my opinion, if, if things continue the way they are continuing, they will at some point next year stop allowing annual pass renewals. I, I fully believe that. Because to Disney right now, it's it's not worth it for them to have annual passes. I mean, they're not making any money off the annual pass holders. Like if, if I'm a family of four that comes in for the day to Disney, I'm taking up a slot of the tw- on, on a weekend, on a weekend. So let me take a step back. They're not going to allow platinum passes for... For, for Florida residents anymore at a discount. They may let they may let you renew if you're a Florida resident, but they're gonna make you pay, pay full price. Because if I'm a if I'm a family of four that's coming in, I live in Orlando, I'm coming in for the day Saturday, I'm taking up a slot from somebody that could be coming from out of town that is gonna spend, you know, a hundred dollars a person on a ticket, that's gonna eat there, that's gonna buy souvenirs there. If I'm an Orlando resident, and I'm coming in for the day, and I'm going to like, let's say Epcot. Yeah, I'm going to buy some drinks, but I'm probably not going to eat dinner there. I'm probably not going to buy any souvenirs. I think from from Disney's perspective, they're losing a lot of money to annual pass holders coming in on the weekends. They're getting crushed because what what happens for an annual pass holder is, look, even even me as an out of state annual pass holder, my car's typically there, so. When I'm in Hollywood Studios, am I going to eat dinner in Hollywood Studios or am I going to go drive my car off property and grab a pizza from Domino's? I'm doing everything I can f- to not spend any money. Or from Pizzeria I mean, I'm definitely Italia. going to Pizzeria Italia, and I did do that <laughs> multiple times on our last trip. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, we're, we're not – I'm not going in – we go in the shops because we just like going in Disney shops. We don't really and, spend and you guys on souvenirs. You guys may buy a souvenir – on every trip, right? I bet not even every trip. I mean, we have a couple things. So we buy a Christmas ornament every year we go to Disney, which yep. is, you know, you buy a 2020, you have a 2020. Like, that's it. We buy, yep. we do buy a lot of coffee mugs. But, and then we'll buy like flower and wine or food and wine, flower and garden, those type things. But with the discount levels, I'm the last person they want walking in and buying, you know, six coffee mugs, which I never would buy that no. many. What what they want is somebody like me that goes with two kids 
that their kids point out everything they want and we buy them everything they want because it's Disney and it's a once in a lifetime trip and uh, you know I laughed because we were we were in Magic Kingdom on our last trip and we were waiting in line for Splash Mountain and a and a family that the father was talking to his I don't know she couldn't have been more than 5 you know but she was tall enough to ride Splash Mountain and he said okay you have this much money left in your in your souvenir budget you can cuz she wanted a balloon and he said you can get that balloon but it won't last much more than two days or you can get something you can take home and he joked with his wife and he said you know i'm just i'm probably just gonna get her both of them you know both things and he said what does she have on that disney gift card from your parents and the wife goes honey she has spent that disney gift card 10 times over this trip so i don't know maybe a little girl had 20 bucks or something or 50 bucks from her grandparents and i i think she just would give her parents that say oh yeah use my gift card and, you know, they, they obviously had been – they spoiled her, which is fine. That's great. You know, she's at Disney for her first trip. She had the first trip pin. But that's yeah. the kind of person they want. They need that, exactly. that five-year-old little girl or little boy to want a balloon and a stuffed animal and, the, and then put the parents in a position where they're not going to say no. So, so those are the folks that are spending the money at Disney, not the annual pass holders coming in from the Orlando area. And you can tell annual pass holders from – what I would claim is tourists, right? You can tell the way they move through the park. You can tell the way they move through stores. You can tell the things they do spend money on. Um, I, like Baseline, for example, is what I call like an annual pass holder feeding ground. There are always annual pass holders in Baseline. You don't see as many annual pass holders in like an Ogus. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're right. I think you're right. So again, in my opinion, there's no Florida discount for annual passes soon. I, I think that's I think that's something Disney's gonna change very quickly because I mean why would they need to? If if they draw I mean again, if they're at twenty five percent capacity But the annual pass holders and, who in good and bad times keeps Disney at a certain level of profitability. Yeah, I agree with that, but not if they're operating at twenty five percent capacity. Fair point, fair point. Right. If if Disney's at a hundred percent capacity, then then yes. The annual pass holders are the ones that are that are consistently in the parks. They are spending some money, but right now all they're doing is taking up valuable spots that could be taken up by out of town guests that are gonna spend at least twice as much. And and that you know, that goes to the next point. Fast passes and virtual queues. I I, I hate saying this because I feel like we've we've talked a lot of a lot of smack about fast passes in the past and how they extend lines and how they just make life in in general worse. But I really really miss fast passes. All right, so let, let's address that real quick. When we talk smack about fast passes, smack as Pete says it, we we're not saying that we don't abuse fast passes and enjoy them. But for the average Disney consumer, they are a negative. It's frustrating. They're very frustrating because, because you have to plan so far in advance to get on. I mean, you're talking two months in advance right? in order to take advantage of that. And I think I think the thing to point out here is fast passes factually do indeed make the standby lines longer. But for someone who utilizes fast passes well, if you're good at that, if you're somebody who feels like they do a great job navigating fast passes – then yeah, the park experience is is less fun because you do at your. There's no other option. It's either you wait in this queue, or you don't ride this ride. 
And virtual queues, kind of the same thing. You either get rise of resistance or you don't. And I'll tell you this right now. I believe my wife told me last week she had a couple surveys sent and they discussed the use of virtual queues and it'd be something that she would like moving forward in the park. And what that tells me is, hey, there's going to be virtual queues on a lot of attractions. Maybe you go, a way I would look at it, go check out the tier one attractions of these parks. Maybe they all have virtual queues. And what does that do? I th- like, I think so. People say, well, how would that impact me? I like being able to get a boarding pass for Rise of Resistance and go stand in line at Tower of Terror. Well, how would you like this? What if Tower of Terror and Rise of Resistance are, are virtual queues? What are you going to do while you wait? How many how many virtual queues can you be in at once? Exactly. I mean, what so the so the rides in in Hollywood Studios that are going to have standby lines are going to be Muppet Vision and Little Mermaid, and if it ever comes back, right? No one wants to go go to those, and so you're your Star Tours, right? So those lines are now going to be sixty plus minutes. So you're like, oh, I'll go to the stores. They're going to be crowded. Then you're like, well, I'll go get a dinner reservation. Impossibly difficult right now. I think that I think that virtual queues are going to be the future of this system. Although I've said, you know, I would be willing to pay like Universal does. I would be willing to pay a significant amount of money for the FastPass system as we have it now. And I'd be willing to pay another $75 or $100 a day to use that system. Because you could go to because Disney for and – and have Park Hopper. You could go to Disney for half the time. Correct. You could go for three days and knock out everything in all four parks or two days even. But I mean I think one of the comments, one of the major takeaways that I had from our September trip was that I have gotten very spoiled with the FastPass system not having to wait in line for any attractions. I mean we never waited in line for any attraction. Correct. Very rarely. I mean, outside of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway, which this is post Fast Pass availability. But yeah, we, we really haven't waited. And so it's been very it, it's been very frustrating, and, and I've only been once so far this year. But it's been very frustrating having to wait in lines. So I I, I miss Fast Pass in that regard. But I but I do think virtual queues are the way of the future. Now, how many virtual queues you're going to be able to get in? That's you know that's. A great question. I mean, could you virtually queue for every ride and have a time to return to every ride? Yeah, probably. I don't see why not. I mean, but, and I don't want to go too down, too far down this wormhole, but you can't do that in Magic Kingdom. Too many rides. There, there are a lot of rides. Yeah. You got to cut I mean, it off. You got to cut it off at like, at, at tier one. Fa- to me, this is just my opinion. And I, well, Magic Kingdom has no tier. So I, I don't know. You figure that out, but you have to yeah. cut it off somewhere. But I mean, is there a reason why so, you couldn't just sign up for everything? But what is and every, have where's a, everybody going to be then? Everyone's just going to be in the shops, in the in the restaurants. I mean, I think you still have to have standby in some capacity. I think you're right there, but I don't know. I don't know. Again, we don't work for Disney. We're not we're not running this. But I think that that's the way of the future. I really do. And and on this point, as we talk about virtual queues, I think dining is right now at least dining's been hit hard. It's it's tough because there's there's such a reduced capacity right now. Here's something I'll tell you and this is not it does influence my decision if you should go or not go, but not only is it impossibly difficult to get a park reservation and dining reservation the same day, you know what I mean, that 
oh, I'm going to be in Hollywood Studios Tuesday. I want to eat at 50s primetime or Ogas. That's a better example. But dang, I can get an Ogas for Thursday, but I don't have a park reservation for Thursday. So yeah. dining has become increasingly more difficult to to land, whereas in the past, I felt like outside of three or four restaurants, you could land anything you wanted. But limited menus. There are limited menu options right now. Everywhere. Everywhere. And so I mean, you go to- Topolino's Terrace is a prime example. Yep. I mean, limited menu at Topolino's Terrace. Yeah, and that's kind of- And this is- What we- My wife and I talked about this. We like Topolino. We don't have a complaint there. But we didn't go to California Grill this last time because it wasn't the full menu. The appetizer that they've had there for 20 plus years, they're not offering right now. And so we're saying, we said in our heads, look, if we're going to take our in-laws to California Grill, we want them to get the full experience. We don't want to pay that that price and have a restricted menu. So, you know, I that's just kind of the... The fact of the matter right now, there are there are different food shortages. I understand that, but Disney's also listing their most profitable menu items, which isn't always their best menu item. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and you've got dining. I mean, you've got dining capacity reduced, obviously. So is that is that more or less than twenty five percent? Who knows. And it's based on the size of the restaurant. It's based on how far apart they can space their tables. You've got limited menus, but they've also changed when you can sign up for dining reservations, right? So I mean, you're not a hundred. You're not six months out anymore. Now you're. Is it thirty or sixty days out? Sixty days. You are sixty days out. But but sixty days out. To add on to that point, you also there's not every restaurant open. I mean, not every restaurant is open, too. Exactly. Ohana's not open. Sanaa's not open. Or uh, Sanaa is open. Jico's not open. Boma's not open. Those are just to name a few of our favorites. Yeah. So it's 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 tough to uh, it's tough to get the restaurant that you want on the day you want at the park that you have the park pass for. It's it's a very frustrating uh, frustrating thing. Well, that's why. I- from a dining standpoint, and we talked about this on the Patreon, I highly recommend going down to Disney Springs. A lot of those restaurants are not owned and operated by Disney. They are they are Disney cast members, but they're third-party owned. Those restaurants, I mean, there's not a ton of availability. We can talk about the Wine Bar George. Pete and I both were searching for – my wife wanted to eat there badly, and Pete was trying to help me get a reservation. We got one, but it wasn't easy. And we actually got it the day, the, the day of. Somebody must have canceled right when Pete looked at the – you know, looked at the uh, website, but Disney Springs has a ton of good food that you can go eat at because you can't. And then the, if the park op- if the park closes at six or seven, you got three, four more hours you can go to Disney Springs and get a dinner reservation. Yeah, you're you're eliminating a lot of the restaurant choices because, yeah, I mean, if the park closes at seven, where it used to close at nine, that whole seven to nine. Dining hours, dining hours are gone. Yes, yeah, so it's. I mean, that, that's just another issue that we're navigating right now. As you look at the state of the parks and and how to maximize your Disney vacation, we've talked a lot about this already. Capacity within the parks. It does not feel like twenty five percent capacity. I'll tell you that. I sent Pete a picture walking into Hollywood Studios on a Sunday. It looked like a summer day walking in and walking in Hollywood Studios. It was packed. Yeah. It was body to body. 
if you are someone at home right now who would be very concerned being within a foot or two of other people, the entering and walking down Sunset Boulevard, extremely crowded. Now, after about the first 30 minutes, it's it's dead on Sunset because everyone's in the people, park. People disperse, yeah. And the, and, and the issue with Hollywood Studios, and I don't know if Pete talked about this or my wife told me about this, but you have to be in there by 10 a.m. to get Rise of Resistance. So everyone not, gets not anymore. there at open. Not well, anymore. not anymore, but when we were there. Yeah. Obviously, now you can do it at 7 a.m. from your wherever you're at. From wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a question about that, too, and I'll ask you in a second. But at, at that point, everyone had to be within, in the park prior to 10 a.m., so what happens? Everyone floods in at like 9.30, 9.40, and they are waiting for their, to get a boarding group. But, Pete, you just said you can get it, and this is noteworthy. This is news. You can get a boarding pass from wherever you're at now. Do you have to yep. be on Disney property to get it? I would say no. I don't think you do. I, th- I think the only requirement is that you have a Hollywood Studios park pass or park reservation for that day. So what would happen if I grabbed a park reservation for tomorrow and I'm 10 out, you know, basically 10 hours away and I just said, you know what? I'm going to try to, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice grabbing a boarding group. I don't think it matters. Now, I will say that what Disney has done is since they've added these plexiglass dividers to the Rise of the Resistance vehicles, they're also basically doubling the capacity of Rise of the Resistance, right? So they're they're actually loading more than one party per ride vehicle at this point. So they're getting through more boarding groups, although it, you wouldn't know it because the ride didn't open the other day. So, so they are actually, uh, they're actually increasing capacity of rise of the resistance, but, but no, I don't think it would matter. I think if you were able to get a Hollywood studios park pass, I think that even, even where you are now, you would be, you know, seven hours from the park, you would be able to get a, a Rise of the Resistance boarding group. Yeah. I mean, that, I hope there aren't people listening right now that that uh, are going to practice because that, that takes away from the people in the park. And they are still doing a two o'clock park pass, or excuse me, a two o'clock boarding group. But I think you do have to be in the park for that one. You do have to be in the park for that one. I'm just going to be honest, guys. Don't go to Disney and expect to sleep in, play golf in the morning, and get there at 2 p.m. to get a park pass. It's not going to happen. Although, that may have changed now. I mean... No, it's not. It, you know, the ride doesn't run efficiently enough for that to be... And and that's... that's. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want you to say or think, yeah, we can we can get a breakfast at 10 a.m. and then get over there by noon. and Because I, I want to give you realistic expectations. It's not going to happen. Fair. Fair. So, I mean, what do you... what In your opinion... From a capacity standpoint, are the parks too full? Are they not full enough? Like, what do you think? You know, I thought you brought up a really, really good point when you said your opinion has wavered or changed a couple of times over the last 60 days, 30 days about this. Are the parks too crowded? On the weekends, yes. The weekends are too crowded and Disney... I don't know what they can do to fix it because they have to they have they have their own guidelines in place, they have to live by those guidelines. And I understand that. But the Epcot experience was miserable to the point that I did not want to return the Saturday we went. Having said that, I went to Animal Kingdom on Saturday and I went to uh, Hollywood Studios on Sunday. 
pretty good experiences the last time. I don't know what we, we, we did a lot of from a strategy standpoint, and it sounds crazy. I'm talking strategy to go on a vacation, but from a strategy standpoint, we attacked the park a different way and did a great job doing things. I would say it's a great vacation to go on during the week, but you have to understand, I would not advise anyone to go for their first time right now. And I would not advise anyone to maybe buy a ticket. If you're an annual pass holder, sure, go. If you're someone who has a, has had a trip planned for a couple of years, you're looking forward to it, probably still go. Just understand, there's not there, everything's not open. There's no entertainment. There's no fireworks. But, it's a big but, do not go if you can't set yourself up with a really with a nice resort. And the people that have listened to this podcast since the beginning know that we were all-star sports, pop century people. I still am. Pete, probably not so much as, as me, but that's what we pushed. Like, stay cheap. Stay at a cheap hotel. You're not going to be there very often. But now, if you can't do a moderate or above, I don't know that it's worth going because you got to look at it like this. The park's going to be – it's minimal hours in the park, so – you need to have somewhere else to go to enjoy your vacation. So that's kind of my guidelines around it. It's not a straight yes or no answer because there's a lot of variables. If you have kids, I don't know if you go right now. There's no character meet and greets. It's pretty limited from a kid. And then how are you going to explain to a three or four-year-old to wear your mask and sit in an hour line for something they don't know? That You know, I, I have no problem waiting an hour for Flight of Passage because I know what I'm waiting for. They don't. That's my that's that's my biggest hang up right now is that there's no fast pass. So you don't even have you don't even have the guarantee of, hey, we're gonna get on these three rides with minimal weight. And if we have a meltdown after that, you know, no big deal. We'll go back to the room. At least we've done something. You don't even have that guarantee right now. If you're gonna ride on something, you're gonna wait in that line. And then like my kid, my kid got scared, so we waited in line for the carousel. We went to Dollywood. We waited in line for the carousel. She was scared of the carousel. So that was 25 minutes that we waited in line for a carousel and she got scared and we didn't get to ride it. So, I mean, that's going to, ha- that kind of thing is going to happen. I, it's, it's a tough sell for me right now to, to take kids. So like you said, yeah, I mean, if, if you've got kids and this is your first trip, I don't, I don't think that this is, this is the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. But there's still a ton of families there. I mean, there's still people doing it and figuring out a way and and more power to them. Yep. And and look, I'm not going to say I didn't have a good time in September because I did. Was it, you know, was it my favorite trip? Was it the best trip I've ever had? No, certainly not. I mean, from a did we get a lot done perspective? Not really. So it, it's it's tough to say. I mean, it's and my opinion on this has has gone back and forth several times. I mean, I'm still debating, is it worth it to take my daughter in December? Do I really want this to be her first Disney experience? And I, I don't think I do. But we'll see. We'll see when we get closer. I mean, it's still Disney. I, look, we wouldn't be running a Disney podcast if we didn't, if we didn't love Disney, right? So it, it's tough for me to say, hey, don't go to Disney. Yeah, I mean, I... Like, this is what I'd say. Don't go to Disney if, if it's your first time. Don't go to Disney if you're big into the kids meeting the characters. And I don't know if, if – I'll put it like this. If I didn't have an annual pass, I would not go to Disney. However, with everything else I said, 
from a standpoint of having an annual pass, staying at a nice resort, not worrying about characters, and being that I've been before, I know what to expect now with, with a lot of, you know, it's, it's lacking a lot of entertainment. If you're okay with all of those things, then you can go. I mean, you'll enjoy it. It's still Disney World at the end of the day. I'll be back in December, but I don't think we will go for a number of years after that. Until we get back to more normal, right? Yeah. I mean, look, that that's probably a good way to put it. But I think we're also, we're waiting for things to reopen. We're, we're waiting for the new attractions to come. Disney's 50th is around the corner and they're not going to have a lot of things ready. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I, I'm not kidding when I say I wouldn't be surprised if it's five years before I go back to Disney. But I also wouldn't be surprised if you talked me into a trip late 2021. I mean, that's or, or, or we could go. Or we could go to Universal. Who knows? I mean, do it. Yeah, do a day over at Epcot and then do a day at Universal. Yep. So could happen. Anything else to say? No, that's it. I, I think, um, I think that was a good episode. I mean, I, I know we addressed some of the questions that we had within, uh, within our Twitter and our email. Hopefully, we addressed them to your liking. If we didn't, don't hesitate. Reach back out to us. Let us know if you want us to talk more about a topic. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the episode and throughout a little bit, I did do a full trip recap on our Patreon. There are now a couple trip recaps from, from um, you know, obviously the September trip, the October trip within that Patreon. I think we did a two or three episode deal for the September trip. So that's there. If you're interested in Patreon, there's, there's what, four episodes a month now. Um, if you were to access our Patreon now, you would get access to everything we've previously recorded. And so we... Uh, We've had a good time over there. We've had a lot of feedback, and, and we're trying to continue to grow the content we offer there. So, yeah, again, you can access that patreon.com slash WDW. All right. Well, uh, with that, we'll go to the secret and the trivia question for the week. So, secret of the night. Um, did you know the most coveted room in all of Disney World is obviously the suite in Cinderella Castle? It is complete with its own hot tub and magic mirror that transforms into a TV. Unfortunately, though, you were not able to buy your way into this room. It is only made available via sweepstakes and other promotions that Disney runs, and this is also very limited when they run these. However, you can usually see a light all the way up in the castle as you're leaving the park at night. It does not necessarily indicate that someone's standing in the room, but it does indicate that the room is there and the suite is potentially waiting for you to win a sweepstakes to stay there. Trivia question of last week, I asked you what Walt Disney World resort can you take a free imagineering tour at that is an old key west old key west is where you can take a free imagineering tour i did not know this until until um i found the secret myself for the episode so that was a tricky one for me as well um this is kind of uh i think i can't remember if there's a patreon episode we talked about the hot air balloon at disney springs or not but on a clear day what does disney advertise the distance you'll be able to see when you're all the way up in the hot air balloon. On a clear day, what distance do they believe you can see uh, when you're up at the uh, highest point in the hot air balloon at Disney Springs? You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. All right, that's all for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time.